0: Well, I'm going to go ahead and get started. We're going to talk this morning about victory over Satan and walking in the authority that we are to have as God's people. And now, one of the things that we don't want to highlight Satan, we're not trying to give him any credit or trying to be over you know, we're not looking for a demon behind every door, but there is one. But anyway, <laughs> but what we are is the Bible says we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. We don't want to live ignorant or just to try to think that we can just put our head in the sand and it'll go away. It's not going to go away. The activity of the enemy is increasing, and we're going to talk about that. And a lot of it is because the, the you know, the devil knows his time's short. Of course, that's in the sermon. So, but anyway, uh, it, it, it's living God is wanting to move us and transition us in that we live with a perspective of the spiritual dimension of the the spiritual realm in a day by day moment by moment uh in our lives even in the common in the ordinary to see that there is something going on and more importantly even than what the enemy is doing is also what is God doing what is God saying how is God in this moment uh I was sharing with some people before church yesterday. One of the things that has happened with my job is I've become a a professional funeral uh, doer. I know, professional. You know, I I do a lot of funerals. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, and uh, I had. I'm trying to be very careful because I know this goes online. So, but I had thought I had done a redneck funeral before, but I had been mistaken. I, I. and uh, so I actually left my house and, and didn't get back for, until six hours later from this funeral. But I drove and I thought I knew where I was going. And I'm telling you what, it was like I entered the uh, Bermuda Triangle. G- GPS went off, everything went off. And, and I'm going like, oh, this is like, I thought I knew back in the woods in West Virginia, this is a whole nother level. So I'm looking for this community building and Uh, I couldn't, you know, forever couldn't find it, and I get there and uh, finally find it, and the community building was built in 1847, so it's older than the church, this church is, so I get there, and a few people come out, and I said, well, where, where are, where is everybody, where's the funeral, and they, so they come out and say, well, we don't know where the funeral is, but it's up there, in the hills somewhere, and I go, okay, do you know how to get there? Nope, don't know how to get there. And so they said, well, we'll try to find somebody who can take you because your car won't make it. And I'm going like, okay, you know. So about a half hour later, somebody shows up and puts me in their vehicle. And not lying, they literally drove 90 miles an hour up a road that was not a road. Crossed through meadows and fields. We literally drove across streams and creeks. And, and finally, out in the middle of nowhere, I'll paint a picture for you that we find there's this little Methodist church, and in the back behind it is a graveyard. And so they drive me around, and I come back from behind the church, and literally there's monster trucks everywhere. And uh, some of them are sitting on lawn chairs in the bed of the truck, and enjoying a, a cold beverage. <laughs> and when I stepped out of the, you know, and when I stepped out of the car i might be wrong i could be wrong but i swear in the distance i heard the fleeting sounds of banjos and um and and then i noticed that there was some unusual smells in the air if you know what i mean and there is literally a ton of people there i mean and some came on their four-wheelers and some you know and so I just kind of got out of the vehicle. I mean, I can't go nowhere. My vehicle's about a half an hour down in the, you know, the valley somewhere. And so they lead me out to the graveside. And um, so this is the story. Of about a month or two ago, about two months ago, I go to meet this guy that's, that's dying. His name is Jim. And Jim uh, has, he grew up in church in West Virginia, and then he moved to California And he, let's just say, uh, lived a pretty rough life. But he was coming towards the end of his life, and he surrendered. With all my heart, I know this, he surrendered his life to Jesus. And he gave his heart to the Lord. So now as I'm at this uh, redneck funeral, I go out, and they literally had dug a hole in the ground with a shovel. The shovel was still there. And they had Jim in a, a mossy camo urn that was sitting on a rock. And so I'm standing there, and then the, the, I heard someone used, one of the grandmas, I heard say the term, did you get the moonshine out yet? No, not lying, t- true story. And so I'm standing there, and this is like a rough crowd. And I, I felt like completely intimidated for a moment. They said, All right, preacher, I guess you can get you can get started. And I'm literally got like, what am and I'm, this is me in my mind that not 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 in any hesitation or any exaggeration. I'm going, like, God, what am I doing here? I am literally like, what? And immediately the Lord said, You're here because I sent you here. And I can't even explain it. Within three or four seconds, it was like the Holy Spirit dropped on me like a bucket. And the next thing I know, I'm like a madman. I grab my Bible and I'm standing there in this crowd. I have my Bible and I just said, the world has gotten so smart today that they think this book is a fairy tale. But I'm here to tell you today that this is true. It is all that is worth living for. And I and then I said, and there's one person I can promise you right now that is 100% sure it's true, and it's Jim. And I just started for the next 10 minutes, just preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and just like I, I went from a moment where the intimidation of the enemy was there, to the next thing that it's just like the Holy Spirit me. and. And I literally, I'm, I'm doing this, and some grandma in the back, she's behind a fence, and, and she goes, Hallelujah! Woo! And literally starts shouting like that. Woo! And I, you know, whenever, you, there's a lot of noise you hear, but like when she shouted, I could feel it. Literally felt it. And then somebody said, "Oh, that's crazy, Pentecostal uh, Aunt Claire back there, or something like that." I'm going, "Yeah, yeah, she's probably the same one here." <laughs> and so, you know, I, I share that story because we 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 come into moments in our lives and everything around us that we uh, we don't realize how much is a spiritual thing. It's not a natural thing. And when we change our perspective. When we see the perspective of all the craziness that's around us and the people, and like, you know, am I going to make it out of this alive? Kind of, you, when you have that kind of perspective, you can be so intimidated by, 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 you know, the enemy that you often will perceive it as something that's in the natural when ultimately it's something in the spiritual. Because the next thing I know, as I'm preaching the gospel and I, I, I just started saying, every one of you are going to end up just right like this, and your eternity is in the balance. And literally watching people start crying. Why? It's because we realize it's not in us. It's not us. I was the scared guy walking up on the hill, standing by the camouflage urine. You know, or what do you call it? Or urine. Earn, yearn, yearn, yearn. Uh, so, but I was, I was that scared guy that if I would have, and I realized this, that we so often succumb to the pressures and the things of, of the powers of darkness and we don't even recognize it. We don't even realize it. But we have the ability to break through that. Now, what we have to understand is That the enemy has an assignment just like God has an assignment. And his assignment is to rob from you everything that God wants you to have. And it is is coming into a place of, yes, you have to be so careful of arrogance and pride. But coming into a place to know who you are in Christ and walking in that authority moment by moment. And you will see miracles in the common. You will, see the, you will see the power of God come in the, in the very common moments of life. Whether you're standing in Walmart, whether you're washing your dishes, whether you're picking up your kids from school, whatever might be going on, that the Holy Spirit can come in those moments and, and defeat and see victory take place over the devil. So the Lord, he, he gives us liberty. I love this verse. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty or freedom. Wherever he's at, freedom is going. And where is the spirit of the Lord? It's inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the, the, the potential for liberty is wherever you go. Wherever you are, there is the potential for liberty. That word liberty is the word, in the Greek it means free, freedom, freely, free man, Freed man, freed woman, free from the bondage or slavery. We're we're no longer under the power or have to be subjected to the power of darkness or the enemy because we have been given freedom from that because of the power that comes by the Spirit. That freedom comes in Christ. Jesus is the one that said with his own mouth, so if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. The, the freedom that comes from Jesus and walking in that freedom. And, and as we walk in the freedom of Jesus, day by day, we overcome these three things. Number one, sin. We get it out of our life. No, we're not perfect, but we are still a work in process that the freedom of God is removing sin. We, have, we overcome the powers of darkness. You know, literally, there was a mindset among the, the early church was, what are you going to do, devil? Kill me? Whoo, You know? Whoopee! You know, you, you, I, I, in, like we've been studying on the fear of God, I, I'm much more concerned about the one who has the soul and the spirit too, which is God. And then we're able to overcome strongholds. We're able to, to do, you know, wh- whether this was in that grandma's mind that was behind that fence that she made out that war shout. There was something of the spirit. There was strongholds broke in that, over that cemetery just because of that. Why? Because it's by the spirit. And those things that, that are of the spirit don't make a lot of sense to the natural mind, the natural brain. You know, Romans chapter eight, that it's not just praying in the spirit. It says there gets to be something where there starts to move into groanings that can't be uttered, and and so uh, just a sound, but the Lord is, is, it is actually, think of it this way, it originates in the spirit, and it's being released in the natural. And so, he gives us the power of freedom. Then, as God works in our lives, he gives us liberty, and this is kind of just the way that I kind of have looked at it, that first, the, the first power of liberty, it's the most important one, is when we get saved, salvation. We were, we were dead in trespasses and sin. Our spirit man was dead, but we've been made alive in Christ Jesus. So we become spiritually alive. The Holy Spirit now comes and lives inside of you, and you are saved, born again. The second thing is deliverance, where it's breaking the demonic powers that have had access to your, specifically within your soul. And breaking those powers, I, I was l- reading something recently in, in especially in South America, Brazil, Argentina, places like that. When they do crusades and they win people to the Lord, they immediately take them to a tent that they have over on the side so they can get uh, deliverance. They don't see it like you know, well maybe no. You need if you just got saved, you need to go over to the tent, and and you know some of those are going to be less. Uh, intrusive, less powerful than others, but every one of us need deliverance. And the next thing is inner healing, where we need places in our heart that has been bruised and damaged and, and things that we went through. I was just talking with someone yesterday, and they were t- sharing with me some things with their issues with their dad and, and, and how their dad treated them and, and, and such. And, and Immediately you pick up that there's a woundedness there, and they're living their life out of that woundedness. They're seeing life out of that woundedness. But what is so incredible is that Jesus Christ can come and, and bring freedom to you, bring liberty to you, that no matter how much you were damaged, that you don't have to live that way because of the healing of the Lord. The, the, also, uh, the physical healing. We still believe in that, right? That God heals people and brings physical healing. And, and then, of course, renewing your mind then is a, just an ongoing process, day by day. Because everything that the enemy is doing to, to pollute the mind, to indoctrinate the mind. And, and, you know, one of the things that I just, my heart breaks for this generation. Because everything has been set up. By, you know, the strategy of the devil to indoctrinate their minds. Everything from education systems to movies to everything, you know, that now it's everything online or on um, social media or, in you know, TikTok or something like that. I'm not like trying to say I'm against, every, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be fuddy daddy, but I'm just saying all, this is constantly indoctrinating. And the reality is that most Christians might get a 30-minute 30, 30 teaching of the Bible once a week. And sometimes they may only go twice a month. And so, and that's got to combat all the other stuff that's been indoctrinating their mind. And so we need to always live our life no matter how. Well, I've been saved for 30 years. You know, it don't matter. Your your mind can get uh, polluted just as easy. And so we got to allow the Lord to renew our mind. And so, we, we live our life with a reality, not in a fear way, but we live in a reality of the powers of demons, and that demonic powers are real and functioning. Now, it's, it's not like I want to go into the sidebar of, of these things, but, I, you know, I don't believe demons are fallen angels, I believe they're disembodied spirits, in, but they, they want to possess people. We see that even as Jesus cast demons out of someone, and they went into pigs, and then the pigs didn't make it very long either. And uh, it is funny, pigs couldn't even live one moment. they just like, we're, we're going to go drown ourselves. But, but we must understand that when, when a person is demon-possessed, it means that their spirit man is dead. So we're not talking about Christians being demon-possessed some you know sometimes we can use the word demonize but there's a demonic influence that has a hook in your soul your soul basically is your mind your will and your emotions is how you know kind of we have set it up but we and we see all of those things at play in the bible we see uh, your mind your, your intellect you we see your will making your choices decisions and we see your emotions And and these of themselves are not evil, but what we have to understand is the enemy tries to influence our soul and tries to find a foothold in our soul. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27, it says, do not give the devil a foothold. And I always make sure I stress when I'm reading uh, this to people that Paul is writing and talking to Christians He's not talking to non-Christians. He's telling Christians, don't give a foothold, don't give a hook, a place of access to the devil. And then he uses one of the sole uh, I- illustrations, which is the issue of anger. Don't be, you know, be angry, but sin not. And so what he's saying is that anger in of itself, that emotion is not evil, but if you don't deal with it correctly... You don't deal with it properly by the help of God that it can become a, a place of access and, and become a place where the devil has a foothold. The word uh, uh, the, the word their place, don't give a place to the devil, is the word tapos, which we get tapos map. It means a room, a territory, or a ground. Don't give the devil any room, any territory, any ground. And so what can happen is that when an emotion comes in, that it's normal, it's good to process this. I've been studying, uh, I, I'm trying to become a certified grief counselor, and, and a lot of it, that, um, I, I shouldn't say this out loud, but a lot of it's hooky. But anyway, because the reality, there's only one who can really help you with grief, and it's Jesus. So, but that dealing, dealing with it, the, um, the emotions of how that it, grief for instance, is a normal emotion. When, you're, when your loved one dies, it's normal and it's even healthy for you to have grief. But what can happen is that grief can then stay planted. It can grow. It can become crippling. It can become paralyzing. And it can destroy your entire life. And what we have to understand is that, that anger is being used as an example here, that it is an emotion that is normal I mean, how many got mad this week, probably? You know, you don't have to raise your hand, but you you, you probably, but the reality is, what did you do with that anger? Now, I'll tell you the truth, I've gotten overtaken by anger before in my, I mean, hopefully it hadn't been recently, but uh, I've had my wife yell at me, get back in the truck, because I was so angry, you know, (laughs) because I stopped at the stoplight, put it in park, and got out of the truck. (laughs) My wife, get back in the truck. So I, so I'm. Hey, I'm just rebuilding my 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 weaknesses. But anyway, but so what? What happened was that 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 emotion was not checked by the Holy Spirit. Everybody has emotion, but what it did, it gave opportunity for me to act like a fool and to actually move into sin. And then when you move into sin because of that, it can then become a stronghold. And now all of a sudden it becomes a normal part of who you are in your life. And then you say, every one of you in this room probably could tell me they're just an angry person and they live their life that way. And there's you know, the reality is they didn't come out of their mom's womb and like. Ah! well, maybe they did, but maybe it was generational, generational sin or generational curse, but there was, there was what it was the reaction to something that happened in their life, and it, it gave a seed, and now it grew and grew, and so what we have to understand, it can, there can be so many areas uh, uh, that are in our emotions where we allow the access to the enemy. we allow the access to the enemy in our souls and it and becomes a, a place of stronghold and it limits the full potential that we have to walk in freedom in the Lord. And so the reality of, of dealing in, in the, you know, dealing with the enemy, the devil is look with uh, Daniel 7:25 and what is so important, I think about this is that when you read these scriptures, They are true all the time. They were true when they were written. They were true in all history. But specifically, they're talking about the end times, the last days. I believe that we are already seeing a great uptick of the work of darkness upon the earth. And we see an uptick of the the demonic powers. And we're going to see that increase But what we have to understand is that where sin abound, grace does that much more abound. Where darkness abounds, you have to understand that God can always overcome darkness with light and with the authority that is inside of you. It is not time for us to sit back and just you know, prop up our, our feet and drink iced tea. It, it is us for the, to walk in the reality. The enemy is increasing, but God is going to increase His grace and anointing upon His church to deal with what's going on in the world around us. And we're going to walk in that authority. And so, in the, in, in the workings of the enemy, Daniel said, He shall speak words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. How many ever felt like you've been wore out? And then you realize sometimes... We don't want to always blame it on this, but sometimes it has nothing to do with your schedule or what you've been doing. Or your, it is the enemy wearing you out, trying to attack you, to wear you down, so that you will not be effective against him and and his his kingdom. Reve, Revelation twelve twelve. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, you who dwell in them, and woe to the sea, or the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath. Knowing that he has only a short time. Now, you we always the, you grew up with the joke where if the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. Because the ultimate is that the enemy will defe- be defeated. It's a sure thing. It's not like a well, maybe, you know, it's a done deal. It's gonna happen. It, it is sealed, it's promised, it's guaranteed. But the reality is that we are in a warfare right now, and he's increasing that warfare. I don't know how, I don't want to say it because it can be taken wrong. But in some ways, pastor can clarify this better later, but it, it's as if there is an allowance uh, even by God to uh, let it happen at the end. For different reasons, part of it is because of what's been sown and sown and sown and sown of sin, and 64 million babies murdered, and you know all of those kind of things. There's an access that the enemy has to the culture and to the world that has been given because of the sin and the agreement of man. You have to understand the power of agreement. The church has to come back to a greater understanding of agreement. If we agree together, touching anything, on our, it'll be done by our Father in heaven. But what you have to understand, too, is that the, the devil has set up a entire culture that has come into full agreement with him. A lot of you go, like, full agreement? Well, I don't know what you want me to say. Pretty close. I mean, you know... I I, I I just, I don't like to just say things just like for shock value or everything, but I, I want you to know that legalization of pedophilia will be the next thing on the agenda. It will be. It's already, it's, it's a progressive st- steps that we're leading us to this downfall. And what you have to understand, it is a place of agreement that people have come into the work of darkness and, there, and then there's two flip sides that that have been contributing from the church. One is that much of the church has now come into agreement with the world instead of God, thinking they have that well, they do have that liberty to do so, but and then the second part is that people who actually have the authority of Jesus are afraid to use it and walk in it. And that, that's what's got to change in us because the warfare is intensifying, but it's not for you to be afraid. It's for you to stand and say the word of the Lord in every moment and declare that the powers of the enemy can be pulled down. You remember Jesus said this, First John chapter 3, verse 8, for this purpose, say purpose. purpose, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested, revealed, he, this reason, that he might destroy the works of the evil one. Destroy the works of the devil. Now, a lot of that he accomplished, and let me just say, really not a lot, really all of it he accomplished. It's already sealed when he was here on the earth. His death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, his uh, being a a crowned king. But the reality is that the enemy is at work, and uh, he's going to go out, screaming and he's going to go out with everything that he can to bring deception and destruction to people. That we even see if you believe it like how I see it that even during the end of the millennial reign during that thousand years it said he still leaves for another little season. And we could talk about why that is and everything but that then when you get to the very end the one final hurrah is the great white throne judgment where he is judged forever and ever and he's thrown into the lake of fire and, you know, the devil is a sly old fox. If I could catch him, I'd put him in a box. Lock that box in, throw away the key for all those tricks he's been playing on me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You guys didn't sing that in children's church. (laughs) Yeah, backwoods. Anyway, (laughs) So the, the, final, the final outcome is his destruction. But what I, what I do now is I want to live in the revelation. I want to live with, with revelatory knowledge that I am in a fight against an adversary that has already been defeated. He's already been defeated. And he, a lot of people say, well, the devil don't even know. If he knows his time short, he knows. He knows. I don't care what preachers have said. I heard it all the time too. Well, he don't even know. That's why he's still fighting. No, he knows. But what it, he he has that such uh, an envy and hatred that has been formed in him that he wants to destroy and take as many people down with him as he can. Pastor mentioned this last week, and it was the words of Jesus. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives, and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. It was to destroy, the. this purpose was the Son of God manifested, to destroy the works of the devil. These are the works of the devil. That he would destroy. And guess what? Now we are to continue what he started, only we do it in his authority. The reality of Satan is that the thief has come only to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus has one mission and purpose to counteract what the works of darkness are. To bring life and to bring it more abundantly. And that abundant life was sealed in the resurrection that he His resurrection and the power of that resurrection, according to Romans chapter 8 verse 11, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now is quickening this mortal body. Jesus came to set captives free, free from sin, from the powers of darkness. His purpose was to destroy the works of of the devil over mankind. All Bible scholars believe that 25 to 33 percent of Jesus' earthly ministry was spent Confronting demons and setting people free from their enslavement to the powers of darkness. Up to a third of his entire ministry was casting demons out. Don't tell me, well, we don't want to talk about casting demons out. A third of the ministry of Jesus was casting demons out. It should be a regular part of who we are as God, God's people because he's our example. Father's revelation and declaration was, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. In that moment, Jesus becomes an absolute threat to darkness because of the declaration that was made over him. And so what we have to understand that we often look at the, you know, a great demonic manifestation is the battle, you know, that we're doing against the enemy, but often and, and more regularly, it's an inner fight. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. For all that is in the world is the lust of the, of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life it is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the Bible is real cl- clear that there's a prince of this world that is working and that is uh, the leader of it, and it's Satan. I know the argument is the earth belongs to the Lord. I understand that, ultimately. But the system, the, the system of this world system is is, is being chiefed by Satan. The devil. So we, we see this picture a lot of times, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. But what, what, what I really have seen is these are so central to the works of, of darkness. This is how he works. And he did it from the very beginning. When the woman saw the tree was good for food, the lust of the flesh, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, the lust of the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, the pride of life, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. That has been the the strategy of the enemy from the very beginning. I know we don't talk, in not supposed to talk about these things at church, but lust is a very, demonic and powerful force that is working in this. In a lot of ways, we could even say that it is one of the primary functions that the enemy has done in the culture that we live in. It is inundated with lust, and not just lust that's sexual, but lust for everything, money, power, whatever it may be. And the reality is that we've seen that death came into the world because of the failure of one man, and that was Adam. It's very clear to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 gives us a picture that death entered the world, that, that the powers that allowed the enemy to work was on the setup that happened on this day that we have somehow trivialized it so much so that, oh, you know, we're going to kick Adam's butt when we get to heaven, you know, that instead of realizing it was the tactic of the enemy to to. Pr- to present lust that originated at the tree of knowledge, good, and evil. And, and as they succumbed to that, they actually were succumbing to demonic powers that caused them to come under the influence of the devil. The devil was talking. And so, in the counteract of that, is that when Jesus came to the earth, he had to walk out just like we do— Humanity. And he knew that. Because it's always, even as a kid, I thought it was so strange when I would read this story about Jesus going to the wilderness. It, it says that he was literally, in the, in, the, in the Greek, it's like he was driven by the Holy Spirit out into the wilderness. He was, he was there was a compulsion that was Holy Spirit led that drove him Into the wilderness. Why? Because he was going to that tree. The devil was going to do some talking out there. And this, in that same confrontation that Adam and Eve had in the garden, it was coming to Jesus. Matthew chapter 4 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. I always felt like when I was a kid reading, I like got duh. Afterwards, he was hungry. I have, I, I missed breakfast today. I'm hungry, so. But I want you to see something that Jesus was modeling something for us. It's not just a good story, he modeled the power of fasting. Now, however, you interpret that scripture, that the disciples came to Jesus and said, Jesus, why could we not cast out the demons? He said, well, this kind doesn't go out except by prayer and fasting. There's a little bit of discrepancy, what interpretation it is. Some people are saying it's, it's the faith that came out of it. Whatever it means, it means that you better fast if you want to cast demons out. And so he, he, he is, he's in preparation for the encounter and, confirma- and, and the, uh, the confronting, the confrontation that he was about ready to have with the devil. I really believe with all my heart that often the Lord can give us pre-warning that something's coming and you need to be ready for it. And when we don't do that, then we're not prepared for the confrontation. So he's getting prepared for this confrontation. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now, there's nothing wrong with eating bread. But there is something that is happening that Jesus is is dealing with here, and he's dealing with the power of the enemy that's trying to cause him or to convince him to do something by his command or his direction. This is the lust of the flesh. But he answered, and very important, every one of these confrontations, I'm getting ahead of myself, but you know, I know you guys already know this, but to always highlight, That in every confrontation with the enemy, Jesus used the Word of God. That's why it's so important that you hide the Word in your heart so you don't sin against God. Why? Because when the time of of temptation comes, what do you combat with the sword of the Spirit? The Word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil uh, taketh him, uh, I must have put this in King James here. <laughs> taketh him, the, the, the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee and into thy hands they shall bear thee up, least at any time thou uh, dash thy foot against a stone. What did the devil do? The devil took the word, but he twisted it. I'm telling you that this is not coincidental that we live in a culture of an American Christian church that is twisting the Scripture. It's twisting it. To do what? To fit what they want or fit the direction or perspective they have. They twist it. The devil is a good twister. And this was a picture of the pride of life that Jesus was being tempted with, and Jesus He says again, it's written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And again, the devil taketh him up into a exceeding high mountain and showed him, Jesus has seen all of this, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory in them. This is the lust of the eyes. He could see all of this. And he saith unto him, all these things I will give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. It's always interesting to me that he doesn't argue that the could, devil couldn't do it. Let me, let me just, you know, throw like this out just for a thought, not to go overboard with it. And I know that, uh, you know, you can label me a conspiracy theorist kind of nut case, but I truly believe, not all, but I believe there is people that are the richest, powerful popular in our world that actually did this. That there was an agreement they made with the enemy to reach that place. But in in some ways, it is selling your soul. How many know the devil doesn't got anything that I want? And anything he could give me, I don't want it. If it came from him, I would don't care what how good it looks. I don't want it. Nothing the world has. I got something that the world can't give, and the world can't take it away. It satisfies me. Jesus responds and says, "Get." Thee hence Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, in him only shalt thou serve. And what you have to understand this is when the devil goes away. Why? Because Jesus fulfilled what you like. Why, why didn't he tell him to go away on the first one? Because he was fulfilling what was lost. From the example to us through Adam and Eve, that now he's walking into fu- in fulfillment of that. The uh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of fre- the flesh, the pride of life. He combated the tactics and the warfare that the enemy brought against him. He defeated that by using the word of God against the devil. And then when it came to wrap up time, he said, okay now devil, you can go. You can leave. Get <laughs> This is the old King James. Get the hints. That means get out of here. And it, I mean, even Jesus got wore out from this battle, because it says angels came then. Isn't it cool? The devil leaves and then the angels show up, and they says, "I don't, I don't know exactly what this." It says that they ministered. Him. This is always how it works. Satan looks for an entry point. He prods and tests to find your weak places. Satan found no weak place in Jesus. This is why Jesus was fasting and praying for forty days. Satan departed after the de- the declaration of the word and a rebuke that Jesus released against him. The angels then ministered to Jesus. Now, how many know that it didn't mean that he didn't? That Satan came back later. Why? Because even though the victory was his, the battle still rages. We see that picture even within the Garden of Gethsemane. The enemy coming again. And what I love is that Jesus goes out into the wilderness. His ministry has not really started yet. And in the Bible is very clear to us. He came back in the power of the Spirit. Why? When you defeat the enemy, there's an increase of anointing and authority. With Jesus, it was without limit, but with us, there's a limit, but it still increases. It says when Jesus got back, it says, then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue synagogue and taught, and they were astonished at his teaching. Look what they say about him, for he has taught them as one having authority, and not like these other preachers around here, <laughs> I, I'm adding a little bit, but well, he comes with authority, then, immediately after he gets back, he says, now there was a man in the synagogue there that had an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, let us alone. Just Jesus didn't even say anything. It just, him showing up, the demons cry out, let us alone. What have you t- to do with you? Uh, what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Look what it says. Did you come to destroy us? Yep, yeah, and that's what I come for. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But then Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Because why? Because Jesus has authority over the devil. Then they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region and around Galilee. And the reality is that now that Jesus has went back to heaven, that he made a promise to us. He said, now that I go away, it's better for you because the Holy Spirit now is coming to you. And if I go away, then you are going to carry on what I started. But you're not going to do it in of yourself. You're going to do it in my authority. Because he said, now all, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. He even, during the time of his death, went down and took the keys of death, hell, and the graves from Satan. He showed up and he did that not because... God could have wiped Satan out at any moment in time. He did it for me and you. He went through all of that for me and you. Because he understood that the process of the enemy was to bring complete destruction to all mankind and humanity. But Jesus Christ was sent by the Father because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever will believe in him they don't have to perish. They're going to have everlasting life because Jesus came in the world not to condemn the world, but that through Him we might have life. And now the kingdom of God is, is present upon this earth. You are in the kingdom of God, and it is a superior kingdom to the kingdom that's in the earth, in the world. This when you know Elijah asked for the servant for his eyes to be opened because the servant was freaking out because they were surrounded. And then when his eyes are opened, he said, man, the number for us is greater than the number against us. The number for you is greater than what's against you. It's you recognizing it, you walking in it, you believing it. The kingdom of God is coming, and it is in a process of, it's now, but it's still to come. And the kingdom has come, In Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, Jesus says this with his mouth. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come upon you. Let me just say, the kingdom of God has come upon us. And Lord, we thank you that the power of your kingdom resides in us, that we can walk in freedom, that, Lord, the Word of God and the power of your Spirit lives within us. Lord, we just pray right now for every area that the enemy has gotten hooks in our lives. We're not here to condemn anybody, but we're, we're saying there's a better way. There's a place of freedom for every foothold, every place that the enemy has been given. Lord, we just thank you right now that you can set us free. It's not only casting it out, not only casting that spirit out, but it's also walking in a way that your mind is being renewed before the Lord that we can overcome the strategy of the devil the strategy of the devil has been from the very beginning the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh and the pride of life but jesus you overcame those now you are empowering us to overcome those and lord our acknowledgement of the kingdom of darkness is not because we are afraid Or that we're walking in fear but we are not going to be ignorant any longer of the devices the schemes of the devil but we're going to recognize every moment even that which seems the ordinary or the common that your spirit is upon us your spirit is within us and you have given us authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions and over all the powers of darkness That's who we are. It's not whether we feel it, it's what we believe. And we believe that your authority is in us. The day is growing evil, but Lord, in the midst of that is the authority of Jesus Christ that's in our heart and it's in our mouth. And we release the powers of your kingdom here upon the earth, Lord. To glorify your name and for the purpose that you started, the purpose that you were manifested to destroy the works of the devil till the final day that he's thrown in the lake. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. With, with your
1: eyes closed, uh, we just invite the Holy Spirit. I know that he, this is already happening. I think that's why the Lord highlighted it to me. In your heart, without condemnation, you know, conviction is is a, a, a conviction is very different than condemnation. Condemnation just puts you in a place of shame. But conviction is a loving thing where the flashlight comes and says, Right here, right here I'm going to liberate you. Light's going to overcome the darkness right here. If you have been highlighted in your own heart with the, with the Word of God over an area in your soul, lust of the flesh. If it's highlighted in your heart, uh, the lust of the eyes. If it's highlighted in your heart, the pride of life. Right now, in Jesus' name, we're going to break agreement by go ahead and repent. We're going to break agreement with the devil. Father, forgive me in Jesus' name. You can say this with me. Father, forgive me in Jesus' name. For anything in me that would accommodate or cooperate with the lust of the flesh, with the lust of the eyes, with the pride of life. Uh, I was quick in a minute ago. We're going to go ahead and, and, and add in this prayer. I repent of all, go ahead, I repent of all generational sins that open the door to these wickednesses and strongholds in my life. And now in the name of Jesus, I renounce the lust of the flesh the construct of that in my mind go in Jesus name be gone from me and now the lust of the eyes I break agreement with you go from me in Jesus name and now the pride of life I humble myself before you Lord God I humble myself I submit myself To you, I renounce the exaltation of pride in my life. I rebuke it now. Go from me. Let's worship the Lord. Now, Father, as we're worshiping you, I ask that the blessing, the anointing of the Spirit of God, the anointing that breaks the yoke, the anointing that destroys the works of the devil. Come in your glorious, loving power and anointing right now. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to see the works of darkness leave. One, two, three. Here's the Spirit of God. Let him just work in you. Let him work. Let him take it. Holy Spirit's coming to hover over you now. Love, acceptance, Forgiveness, blessing. I take authority as a pastor in agreement with Todd to break all shame. The powers of shame, the chains of shame, be broken now, be broken now. Go, you lying devil, leave. Leave now. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and stand together. Lift your hands before the Lord. Just lift them up, if you would. Spirit of God, fall fresh on your people, fall fresh on your church, fall fresh. Put your hand in Jesus' hand. Say, Lord, I want to walk with you in a way I haven't been able to. I'm going to walk with you. I want to walk in your freedom. Walk in the blessing of your, what you have for me. I praise you, Lord. I will walk in a new way. I thank you, Father, for your victory over all works of darkness in my life thank you Jesus let's go thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus and now Lord we ask for the healing salve the ointment of the Lord to come and touch and pour out upon every single bruise in the mind every single bruise every tormenting tenderness that has been too available for the adversary. Come Holy Spirit with your ointment and come upon each mind here and touch that area of bruising and bring wholeness now. Every place where there has been oppression, continually pushing on that place. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, let this healing ointment come and be released now. Jesus, cure you now. Jesus, heal you now. Jesus, heal you now. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Just open to it, open to his love, open to it. Say, thank you, Lord, for touching this area of my heart, my mind, where I have been too uh, oppressed, too given to it. In the name of Jesus, bring complete healing to this place in my mind. Complete, I will be whole in my mind. My mind will be renewed. The stronghold is broken and gone in the name of Jesus. The subtle entry point is broken now. My mind, this bruise, is healed. Healed in me. Healed in me in Jesus' name. Healed in me in Jesus' name. Now just go ahead and pray in the Spirit. Go ahead and just pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. If you don't have your tongue, just go ahead and say, Thank you, Lord. I love you so much. I just love you with everything in me. I just praise you, Lord. I love you so much. I love you so much. I love you so much. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Jesus. There is a work of the Spirit that I believe I'm supposed to affirm and it's this, that uh, when light comes, this teaching has put a lot of light in your hearts. right? And there's a spirit of wisdom and revelation. The Lord says, uh, Paul prayed that, I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that your eyes be opened. And I just feel uh, a sense from the Lord that he said there are a group, of, on, on a, a number of you That need your eyes opened for a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you haven't been walking in and he wants to open your eyes and show you more and give you more and release more and you will not be in that uh, confined territory you're going to move further with him in authority He's going to move you into a greater degree of his authority and you'll step out of where you felt like you've been pinned in and you'll move past that because his authority will be expressed in you by the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let us go ahead and praise him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Say, I receive that. I receive that. I receive that. And I will look in your word and receive more. Just determine it. I will open up my heart and receive your voice in a greater way. I will receive you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to dismiss. Go ahead and hug two or three people. Tell them freedom is wonderful. And if you want to, uh, if there's further business, you want to come to the altar. There's some of us up here available to pray with you. You're dismissed. Love on you.